Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. Coming to you at the unusually early time today of 1pm. We thought we'd mix it up. Good to keep you guys on your toes. And I'm very delighted to be doing my first podcast with the one and only Melvin Marks. Melvin, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, fine, thanks. We're looking forward to this. Yeah, it oh should my. be a good one. Should be a good one. Always makes it a bit easier when Arsenal get a, a good win away from home. And I have to say, yesterday going into the game, I felt like it was going to be a bit of a sticky one. Severe away, okay, they've not had the best form in the league, but they've just drawn at home to Real Madrid. Really tricky place to go. We know what their record, particularly in the Europa League, is like. We knew their fans were going to be up for it. But we've come away with a win, Melv. Fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was uh, take that every day. I mean, really, heart of hearts, you might have thought, well, a draw away is not the worst result in the world. So to go away, to win in any game in Europe away is fantastic in the Champions League. So, yeah, we take that. And uh, there were some good points, not so good points as well from yesterday's performance. Yeah, I mean, going into the game, what were your initial feelings? Because we had that draw against Chelsea where I think we all had question marks over the result, uh, over the performance rather than the results. Great comeback. And in the end, I was really pleased with the point that we managed to salvage from that game. But there's been a few not so exciting performances this season, which I think have left us with a few question marks, particularly going into games against the likes of Sevilla. I mean, we saw in the game against Lons where, you know, we let them into the game. They dominated us at times and they came away with the win. This really felt like the sort of game where, it could follow a similar pattern. Fortunately, we didn't let it fall into that pattern. But just going into the game, what were your initial thoughts? Well, the worry with big football, a lot of it, it's about momentum, isn't it? And against Chelsea, we didn't have any momentum at all. If you'd have read the result, you would have not wouldn't have known how poorly we did, how poorly we played. So I was worried that we'll have that hangover from the Chelsea game. I know we got the result, but but players know they didn't play well as a team or individually. So that was my big worry. We go away from home, hostile crowd, 
and the doubts start appearing in their mind and hope and gladly it never happened. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was a very strong lineup that Arteta played, wasn't it? I expected us to go strong because we had to win this game. I think, um, you know, like, like, actually you say a draw wouldn't have been the worst result in the world. I don't think it would have been, but I think given the the poor result against Lons, just re-establishing a bit of authority in the group to get a win, I think was vital. And if you just look at the, the group standings now, it looks very healthy for us. So fortunately we did manage to get that result. Um, but I mean, do you think it was a bit of a risk playing such a strong team? I mean, only really one change from the weekends. We saw Tommy Asu come in for Zinchenko, which I think was the right call. But aside from that, pretty much full strength Arsenal side. He cannot. He's got to play his full strength team away in Europe in the Champions League. He get he got sticking rightly so a couple of seasons ago by letting an FA Cup uh, game go. We lost, I think, Southampton was it when he played a much weakened team. If he had played a weakened team last night and we'd have got a draw, it was bad for you, not for me, or got beat, he'd have been slaughtered and rightly so, in my opinion. No, he had to go with his full strength team. You know, we've got we've got a, a squad. If, if there was problems, if we had injuries, uh, we, I know this Jesus thing, I don't know how bad, hopefully it's not as bad as it seemed, but if we had had injuries last night, we've got people to come in on most of the positions for Saturday. So no, he had to play a strongest. It's not as if we're playing away to Man City on Saturday, is it? No, and I mean, you would say, we're going to talk about Sheffield United later on in the podcast, but if there was a game coming up that you would feel where you could maybe have a little bit of breathing space. It's Sheffield United at home. Again, no disrespect to Sheffield United, but you feel like you could bring in maybe a Trossard, potentially an Enketia into that game and not suffer too much. But again, you can't take any game for granted in the Premier League. We've seen that many a time this this season already. Um, but going into this game, strong lineup. And I think a fairly strong start from Arsenal. I thought it was going to be a, a very turbulent first half and it wasn't straightforward. You know, it was quite difficult to break Sevilla down, but... I feel like we were cutting through them at times and we just weren't able to get the ball in the back of the net. I saw a bit of a mixed reaction on social media um, regarding that first half performance. Some saying we kind of picked up where we left off against Chelsea. Other people saying that it was very reminiscent of the first half against Chelsea. I don't know, for me, I thought the, the pressing game was very good. Um, I thought we, you know, we harried them pretty well. And I thought we were creating opportunities. We just weren't able to to get that killer finish. Um, And it wasn't too long into the game where we saw Martinelli had that opportunity um, one-on-one, which was a good save by the keeper. Arguably could have done better with the finish. But I thought it was pretty positive in that first 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes, actually, James, reminded me of um, the first 45 minutes with Lons, where we had a lot of the ball. We were pressing them. We managed to get a goal early on. And uh, a lapse put, allowed them back in the game. But I thought, apart from that, when we that, that mistake we made against Lons, we were in control. And I thought the same was last night in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we got that goal, you know, just at the right time, didn't we? Uh, I mean, first of all, got to say, what an unbelievable piece of play from Gabriel Jesus. Um to do that spin and then that first time pass, just to know that Martinelli is going to be making that run. I mean, you've got to credit Jesus for that. You've got to credit Martinelli for making that instinctive run. Um, but then he just took it so calmly, didn't he? I mean, we've seen players like Lacazette in the past really mess up those sort of opportunities, but he didn't really have to do much work, did he? He just basically ran around the keeper, put it into the back of the net and can't ask for a better time to score, can you? Well, well no, of course not. But the funny thing is, if you look how I saw it, is that he didn't even sprint. Martinelli. He got the ball 
and he didn't seem to go into th third and fourth gear. He had the confidence to know that they're not going to catch him, <coughs> excuse me, even at half speed. And he, his confidence and his, it was lovely to see. And Jesus, that was brilliant, absolutely world-class. But, but I don't think Jesus, before he, he did that, was having a particularly good game. It's interesting you say that because I don't think he played particularly well against Chelsea. I thought he was actually <clears throat> poor in that game. I mean, there were a number of players that we can isolate from the game at Stamford Bridge, but he was one that I just thought wasn't quite at it. But for him to arguably have a fairly average or mixed opening first half, to then get that assist and then to start the second half with a brilliant goal as well. And then I think from then on had a pretty good performance. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the one guy we need fit, firing at his best if we're to do anything this season. How big of a confidence boost do you think that was for him to not only get the the assists, a brilliant assist, but then a world-class goal as well? Oh, big time. And also, he some of the other football he played in the first 20 minutes of the second half, he was running rings around them. They couldn't get near him. He was like the Jesus of old. He's like, forget about his, his injuries and all that. No, he's back now. This is it. Jesus is, is going to kick on now. And hopefully that'll be the case. I don't see why not. Hopefully he'll be back for Saturday. You know, there was a, a couple of things in the press that he could be all right. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure that's nothing more than a precaution, to be honest. For me, when I saw him go off, it just kind of felt like he went down because he lost the ball in a slightly awkward area of the pitch and just kind of wanted to hold his hands up and say, look, guys, look, I was injured. Um, but maybe that's just my stupid take on it. Um, but we started that second half really well, I thought. The pressing game was really, really good. Uh, we had a very good opportunity to score fairly on in that second half. And we just looked like, you know, we were barraging them chance after chance after chance. Um, they just couldn't get the ball out of their own half. And we did eventually get the breakthrough Again, brilliant work by Gabriel Jesus. He seems to only score world-class goals. Um, it's those ones against the likes of Tottenham from two yards out that he struggles with. But you've got to say, amazing finish. Brilliant goal from, you know, arguably the man of the match on the evening. And it's 2-0, Melv. And, um, and we're cruising at that point in the game. And it's going a hell of a lot better than I ever anticipated it would. But, like you said before, there is a big but. We allow Sevilla into the game you know, not too long at all after scoring, which seems to have been a real problem for us. Um, just completely switch off on a corner. Uh, I think it was, was it Jesus that was marking his man? Um, total mismatch. The severe player gets it in the back of the net. Fantastic header. Um, but again, just from a, a very brief lapse in concentration, we've completely opened the game up again. And from that point on, it was very cagey, wasn't it? It was kind of one-way traffic. It was. I mean, I can't understand what's happened because we up to the last season, our, our record of corners was second to none. And now every time a team gets a corner against us, you're going, oh, my God, what's going on? I mean, you say lack concentration. Surely when a, you know there's a corner being taken, you should concentrate. There's no excuse for it. It's not as if you're playing a game of football and you forget to pick up a man runs off you or something. There's a corner. You've got a specific job to do. Do it. There's no excuse. And it's very, very frustrating when that happens. I mean, yeah, it was like we got the cigars out when the second goal went in. And we before we lit them, we, we got our backs against the wall. Worse, we were actually under more pressure than obviously when it was 1-0. It really turned it. And, and really, we could have uh, got a draw out, the, uh, got a draw for that game. We could have even, not saying we could have lost. I mean, we could have, of course, we could have lost. Had they scored another goal, 
that you, everything changes again. So it's it's so so important not to give away stupid goals, and we do. We we sometimes hand players goals, and instead of making them work for it, they didn't work for that goal. They didn't deserve that goal, but we handed it to them, and it's so frustrating. It's typical being an Arsenal supporter. You can't relax, can you? And no, no time can you relax. No, absolutely not. And like you say, you know, you look at the goals we have conceded this season. We're just giving them to the opposition. And it was something we did a lot last season. We have a real tendency to do it. And at some point, it is going to cost us. I mean, it has already cost us. You've just got to go back to the game against yeah. Fulham, for example. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with you there. Interesting point uh, that we've got in the chat here from BX Gunner 81 Erdegaard with his back to the ball was terrible on that corner. Um, I mean, I'm not going to speak specifically about that incident, but his performance as a whole, he... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Certainly didn't have a good game at Stamford Bridge. Was phased out of the game. Fairly anonymous. I don't think he was as poor last night but at the same time I don't think he did anything to make me go wow he's you know putting in more than a five out of ten performance I know obviously he's gone away with the Norwegian national team and he's played a lot of football there um, maybe it's just a case of struggling to get back up to speed but he's one of your key players he's your captain do you think we need to be asking a bit more from him at the minute definitely I think he needs a rest there's a couple of others that need a rest. He definitely needs a rest. He runs himself into the ground. He chases the ball. I mean, if you go, you go to the ground, you watch him. He just is everywhere. He's the he's the first guy that presses, and and we are we do miss him. And he, you know, when he, if he doesn't press, then the others don't take don't do it themselves. But but he he's been the last couple of games, and evidently he played for Norway. Uh, obviously in the break and he had a stinker there as well I didn't see it but reports were he had a stinker there uh, there as well so he needs a break because he's losing he's, he's losing possession he's losing 50-50s which he never used to do he can't he's the passing I mean against Chelsea for example I know it was raining and blah blah but a couple of times the balls he put through to Jesus like they're on different planets the two of them that's not Odegaard so something needs to change either he's not fit, 100% fit, or he, or he's just tired. 
but he needs a break. And we shouldn't ever have a player just because of what he's done in the last 20 games, not playing because he has four bad games on the trot. If he deserves to have a rest, I'm not going to say drop, have a rest, then we should rest him because we get the better of our players like that. And if we don't rest him now, it'll just go on and on until it might cost us. We've got away with it so far the last couple of the games with him the way he's played because he's had two poor games. You can't say he's not, but he's had poor, poor games and it shows up. And yes, someone's put in the chat that he misses party. He probably does. But at the end of the day, when the pool comes to your feet and you've got a lot of space and you still mess it up, it doesn't matter if party's there or not. And that's what I've been seeing. Yeah, it has been those simple things, hasn't it? And we saw it towards the end of last season. There were a couple of no-look passes into midfield, which I remember, distinctly remember one against Notts Forest away where it just resulted in a goal. And I think Southampton at home was another one where he just put the ball into no man's land and it resulted in the goal. When he's not playing well, I love Odegaard. Honestly, yeah, I think he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very close to being world-class. But when he's not at the races, I mean, mm. boy, is he anonymous. Like, not just bad, anonymous in some of the games. And the thing is, we have got options there. We saw Kai mm. Havertz come on in that right eight role. You know, predominantly this season, we've seen him play as the left eight. But arguably, I think he's maybe putting some better performances, particularly for Germany, on that right-hand side of midfield. And I thought he was, again, similar to how he came on against Chelsea and City a good option off the bench. So I'm not sure if he'd be in line for a start in that right-hand role against Sheffield United. But again, you've got options there. You've got Habits, you've got Smith Rowe, you've got Fabio Vieira. I think we can make a change quite comfortably in that position without the level of the team dropping significantly whilst allowing Erdegaard to have that rest. And then if we were to give him maybe a break at the weekend, which I don't think he will do, to be honest, we have also got that game a week from now against West Ham United where you, yeah, you certainly wouldn't expect to see him start in that game. But just going back to the severe performance, one thing I do want to um, highlight is just how good we were defensively. I thought, you know, backs to the walls, the addition of Declan Rice um, has just made seeing out games a hell of a lot more comfortable. I mean, where last season, I think in those sort of pressurised situations, we'd just be waiting for the severe ball to hit the back of the net. Right now, I, I don't really feel that same sort of anxiety. Don't get me wrong, I, I do to an extent, but Declan Rice has made it hell of a lot more comfortable in those um, pressurised situations. But another player that um, we had to talk about is Takahiro Tomiyasu, who came in for Zinchenko. And I mean, him alongside Gabriel Saliba White, I just thought they, they were all rocks at the back. But um, what did you make of Tomiyasu's performance, Melf? Thing is, I think people have forgotten how good he is. He had a couple of injuries, and it was like, and he, and the, you know, when he first came to the club, he was outstanding. Had a couple of injuries, and when he got back, he wasn't as good. He obviously wasn't 100%. But now we're seeing Tommy at his best. And he's not just a good uh, tackler, runner. If you've noticed the last couple of games, when, he's, when he came on against Chelsea and the whole game yesterday, he can play football. When he goes the other, when he crosses the halfway line, he doesn't break into a sweat. He actually can do things with the ball. He's got a football brain. I saw him. I saw uh, some of the game against. I think it was against Germany recently when he when Japan beat them and the German manager lost his job. I think after that game, he was outstanding. Bits of him floating balls fifty yarders from one side to the other, right and and isn't it nice to have a football with two feet? It's so good. I mean, we don't normally get a lot of that and. Even the even Odegaard, who's phenomenal left foot, he's got a phenomenal left foot. He gets himself in a muddle because he doesn't have the confidence all the time to use his right foot. 
and there's other players like that as well but i think tommy's fan he's strong he's very very good in the air he reads the uh the game well i think i think he's that is that for me he is our left back i know that juchenko is a wonderful player but you cannot afford to have Zinchenko playing at left back. I want him in the team. Don't get me wrong. You can't have Zinchenko at left back if the other team have got a right winger that's any good. Sorry, that can't happen because this guy just stops them the whole time. When you've got the likes of Tommy and, as you say, right in front of him, it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. So, yeah, very, and also, if I can mention, don't find me, the other defenders. Gabriel gives... Seven and a half, eight, eight and a half every week, around that time. And people don't even notice it because that's the standard he's set. So when he plays that very that level every week, we, we expect it from him. That's how good he is. He's solid. When the ball comes across, who's the one with the head in it to get it away or the foot in to, to clear it? It's you listen, oh, oh it's Gabrielle again. That's what he does. If I have got a problem, not a problem, there's one thing I want to be critical, which is which which is attacking from corners. He's brilliant at getting to the ball at corners. He's strong. He gets there, but he doesn't hit the target enough for me. I saw one last night. It was a couple of yards out. He got his head to it, and yeah, he was, he was being challenged, but not any enough to put him off to hit the the target. But other than that, I think he's a fabulous footballer, and he's grown. He's got better, and defenders do get better with experience, and he's definitely done that. And Saliba. I think we make a mistake with him. I think he should play with a dinner suit on, the guy and a white and a white scarf, because the guy is so cool. And I've one of those cigarettes for the long holder, because that's the way he plays the game. He, oh, I just every I look at, it, I don't believe it. I mean, when you get the um, the fans from last night, I think there was a couple of balls that went through, and he was neck and neck with the centre forward racing for the ball, and they're getting excited. I was saying, don't get excited, lads. Nothing's going to happen. It's Lieber's ball. He's going to turn. Go the other way and give it uh, sideways, which he does. He's so calm. He's so good that it's, you know, they gave him the nickname, the Rolls Royce. Well, well, that's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, look, we're not talking about Saliba and Gabriel as much anymore because it's just like you say, the standards that they've set themselves. Yep. But just looking at those moments from Saliba last night, he does it a lot in games where he is one-on-one racing back to get the ball and then yeah. just has the audacity to not just hoof it away, <laughs> but take it under control and turn and go the other way. And there was yeah. one marauding run he made going forward. Yes, and he, right, is, yeah. he, he has got the pace of a centre forward. It mm. is ridiculous. He is a huge guy, very physical, but with such pace, such ability, such technique. He is a, dare I say, a Real Madrid centre half. He is, um, I, I still think for me, you know, we're, we're talking about the best centre half in the league at the minute. Um, but to have a player going back to my previous point about Tommy Asu, who I think, you know, you are quite fond of potentially being the first choice um, left back. I mean, I, I would be inclined to agree with you. It's just a question of, can he stay fit? I think this is a pivotal yeah, season yeah, for him yeah. because mm-hmm. if he proves his fitness, no reason why he can't be a, a keepsake in this team. But at the same time, um, you know, there have always been question marks over, is he able to stay fit? I think the most Premier League games he's played for us is 21. And that's that's really not good enough, if we're being quite mm-hmm. honest. But if you just look at him physically, he's so imposing. He's so strong, technically brilliant, defensively fantastic. And like you say, he's got that footballing brain. And I think he's just taken his game to another level this season on all fronts mm-hmm. from an attacking point of view, positional points of view. I mean, last season, I remember we went away to Leeds and I certainly wouldn't have fancied him playing at left back in that game and he got run all over the shot but 
this season, I think I'd be fairly comfortable with him playing the majority of the games. And then you've got someone like mm. Kivior as well that can play at left back. So despite losing Tierney, which I think a lot of us were upset about, we've actually got options there. And I was going to ask yeah. you, Mel, do, sorry, yeah, Mel, do, do, you think, do you think there's a potential scope to play someone like Zinchenko at home to the game we've got coming up on Saturday against Sheffield United, where you expect us to be ball dominant and then to have someone like Tommy Asu come in for those away games to the likes of City, Chelsea, Spurs, where you're going to need to be a bit more backs against the walls and have an actual defender in there? Oh, definitely. I, th- I think uh, Zuchenko could play. I wouldn't wor- worry about that at all at left back because I don't, I mean, I don't, they haven't scored many goals this year, Sheffield United. I mean, they've got one point, haven't they? So I think against Sheffield United, I wouldn't be any problem at all, Zuchenko, because we're going to, it's not going to be the nicest of games, is it? It's, we're not going to be a nine, a five star game. It's going to be one way traffic. Um, so, and we and he can actually open the um, defences up to Chenko with his little passing and one-twos, which we'll be doing, I imagine, in the last third of the park most of the game on Saturday. So, yeah, I, I, I haven't got a problem with that at all. Yeah, and I think, you know, for those games, it's similar to Jorginho in a way. I think where we're going to be ball dominant and have a lot of possession, um, you can play these possession-based players that, you know, are going to find the openings, going to, you know create overloads um it's just in those big away games i think Jorginho was one that i had concerns about against chelsea but then he shut me up with a great performance last night um it's good to have these options i think for different game states for different you know levels of opposition that we're coming up against uh but one player that you know i've already touched on briefly but i have to wax lyrical about again who set his own standard that i think we're so used to is declan rice um Vieira-esque last night it has to be said that run he made going forward which you know I'd love to have resulted in a goal but he's just everywhere isn't he defensively attackingly uh, for me he's definitely you know moving foot further up and up the pitch and I think it's interesting that Arteta may see it that way now as well considering that he's even in the absence of Partey still wanting to play Jorginho deeper and move Rice higher up the pitch whereas previously it was Rice deeper with Habits and Odegaard or Vieira and Odegaard as the two left eights, but now he wants to see Rice influencing the game in the final third. And he's just, he's just so good, isn't he? He's wonderful. I mean, I, I'm, he looks like a robot, doesn't he? The way he runs and the way he moves. It's, it's not like an ordinary human being. He's very upright when he sprints. In fact, you can't actually tell if he's sprinting or, or just jogging because it seems the same all the time. Most people, when they, they sprint, they get down and they're No, he just, straight and he goes from second to third gear so so brilliantly he and also for a midfield player he just doesn't get booked and he makes crunching tackles that's amazing i mean vieira used to make crunching tackles and he got booked and sent off but this guy this guy that i'm not comparing the two i'm not comparing the two because you know at the moment in my, sorry, in my eye vieira was world class this guy could be world class right i'm not comparing the two yet but they both have a stature on that park. They're both, when you, when you kick off against Arsenal, you're looking at him, if you're the oppo, you've got to beat him. And it must have a difference to the other thing, make, make a, a mental difference. His ball control, his winning of the fifth of all the tackles, and he's got this, this um, fabulous way of being in the right place at the right time. He, he can smell danger. All of a sudden, they'll be like, oh, he'll be there. It's so, so good. Very, very good. So I can't, you know, I, I can't talk highly about him. And I said it before, we, we paid a lot of money for him. 
But if we wait another 12 months, who says the fee wouldn't have been 150-200 with what's going on in football now? So I think it was the only chance we had of getting him. I'm so glad we did. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, James, uh, who is unfortunately very unwell with kidney stones at the minute, wishing you all all the best, mate. Um, It's made 105 million quid look like a bargain. And he yeah. could, couldn't be more spot on. I honestly feel like if, you know, we were to, God forbid, sell him in the January transfer window, we'd make a comfortable profit on him. Um, that's how good he's been. And it's, I think it was always going to be interesting with Rice because coming from West Ham, who are so backs to the walls and play such a different brand of football to what we're accustomed to at Arsenal, would he slot in seamlessly? Is it something that could take a, a certain amount of time? No, nope. he has just gone like a, a duck to water. Not a single bad performance since... Going back to the game against Chelsea, he ran that midfield on his own because Jorginho was was phased out of the game. Erdegaard was phased out of the game. And he just shows that he is... I, I, I think he's there. I think he is on that world-class level. And I hope he grows with this team and we we win something whilst we've got some someone like him of his calibre in the side alongside the likes of Martinelli, Bukayo Saka. What, what he must do, James, is get someone next to him, though. You can't ask him week in and week out to do it by himself. You know, if one of the players aren't playing well, like a Jorginho or, or, or a Odegaard, if they're not both up for it, it's not. it cannot be right for him to play by himself every week because everyone's got an engine and engines can only go so far. You've, we've got to get someone on his level next to him or near his level next to him. Yeah, and you, you could argue we have got that guy in the squad in the name of Thomas Partey, who um, yeah. unfortunately didn't make the game with a muscular injury. I mean, look, I, I'm of the opinion, Melv, that we should be looking for a long-term number six in the summer. Uh, but whilst we have got Thomas Partey at the club, whilst he's still putting in great performances when he is fit, I don't think that needs to be a huge concern. But given his injuries, given you know that he's getting on, he's he's 30-plus now, We've got to look at, you know, someone that can just be that destroyer in midfield to allow Declan Rice to play that bit further up the pitch as he has done in the most recent games. But, I mean, we haven't really spoken about this, but Partey, you know, not travelling with the squad um, after being involved against City, going away with Ghana, being on the bench against Chelsea um, with a muscular issue. I mean, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because I hate to say it, we just can't rely on him, can we? We can't rely on him, but how frustrating that how good is he when he plays for us? He, those, those, the way he moves his body, he turns the plays for one touch, his awareness. He makes someone said that um, Odegaard missed party. Well, I think the whole team misses party. He makes everybody play better. You know, he's, he brings everybody into the game and he makes us tick. And it's such a shame if, you know, if he was playing another. You know, thirty percent more games, and we'd be so much better off. He's such a good player, and we might have to. The, the management might have to take, make a decision at some stage. Yeah, and I think if uh, we could just see that midfield free of Rice, Partey, Erdegaard, I would be elated. Even if we just saw it for a portion of the season, because that for me, I, I don't think I'm overreacting when I say that's probably the best midfield on paper in the league. If they were all to be fit, all to play consistently, I think we're talking about a midfield for the ages. But Whilst he's got these injury problems, um, yeah, I said it before, but I really think we need to invest in a long-term number six to be that guy to allow Declan Rice to to go forward um, and be that guy that they will influence his play in the final third. But just before we go on to talking about the game against Sheffield United on the weekends, which I've, I've got to say I'm really looking forward to, um, there is one player that you know, I hate to bring up and 
I think there were question marks over him last night. Um, I think you know who it's going to be. David Rea was a little bit, um, I don't want to say shaky. Uh, There were some moments where he did very well, but there were again those question marks where there was one instance where he passed the ball directly into a severe player. There was that punch at the end, which really could have gone anywhere. Um, For me, Melv, I have got nothing against David Rea, nothing against him at all. But for me, I'm not seeing enough improvements in the team as a whole to justify him usurping Aaron Ramsdale and being kind of the nailed on number one. And if this was going to be a meritocracy, I would have liked to have seen Ramsdale get more games. Whereas for me, it just feels like Raya is the number one now. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm not happy with that. No, I'm not either. I thought that after his display against Chelsea, there was a perfect opportunity for the manager to swap keepers. It's another competition. That's that's he could have made that excuse. Doesn't have to make excuse for anybody, but people can when he makes that uh, change can think to themselves oh, he's probably done it because it's another opportunity play one goalkeeper in the league, another in the you know, cup winner of the um, Europa League. Do it like that, but to Champions League. But but he didn't, and now he's under more pressure. What he does against Sheffield United, does he keep him in again? Because as you said. He does okay. I think his handling is better than Ramsdale's, to be honest, especially in the air. He commands it a little bit better in the air. When that ball comes in, he, he catches it with both hands and there's less punching. But but he has periods where he just goes, it seems like he's panicking. And that punch last night, I, I couldn't see where it was going. I had, to, I had to have a double take. And also, if you remember in the first half, he did a similar ball that set the other team up like he did against Lons when they scored their first goal. He did that looping kick to the touchline, hit it far too short. The left back took it on his chest, went forward, and they and Lons scored the goal through that. And last night, luckily, they didn't. I mean, they would have had to do a lot to score a goal, but he, he gave them the opportunity when we had the ball, all of a sudden, we're on the defensive and, and we've got our backs against the wall. So he's not doing it at the moment. And if, if you're looking at just, if you're looking at performances, I believe that really Ramsdale should get the nod now because it's only fair, isn't it? You play your best goalkeeper. And at the moment, he hasn't he hasn't done it. Yeah, he's done a couple of things good. I mean, yeah, good luck to him. But he hasn't performed to the level. And I've been with with Ramsdale. He's also made mistakes, but they seem far less. And it was it was magnified more with Ramsdale because he was having such a good run that when he did some silly things like home to Southampton last year and a couple of other situations, which he got away with, so we don't actually talk about it. It wasn't that many. This guy seems to have constantined it in a very short time. So I think, give Ramsdale, I like to see Ramsdale play against his old club as well on, on Saturday. And uh, and and that way, it just, see, well, let's see how Ramsdale performs. Let's see how he reacts. He's been dropped, let's face it. He's been given the elbow by the manager. Let's see how he reacts. I think he's going to react very well. I think he's that type of guy. So let, let's uh, hopefully the manager, I don't think he will, but that's what I'd like to see. I have to say, I'd be really hacked off if I was Ramsdale with a minute, particularly in the circumstances regarding his personal life, because I mean, he's gone to Sevilla, you know, probably in the dark about whether he's going to play the game or not. But given that he did play on the bench, start on the bench, should I say, he's probably thinking to himself, well, I could have, you know, spent a few more days at home with my newborn. Um, so from a personal point of view, I can imagine he's, as each game goes by, getting more frustrated by the situation. But, you know, bottom of the league at home, I think this is the perfect game to bring him in for. Um, 
and like you say, I mean, Raya seems to be making a quite costly error every game at the minute. Um, you know, f- I say costly. I mean, it didn't cost us last night, but there are still these moments where you feel a better team would score in those situations. I mean, the one that sticks out to me in the game against Chelsea is when he just passed the ball straight into Cole Palmer's path and they should have scored. In that 3-0 instance. that would have been. James, yeah. 3-0, game over. Exactly, yeah. And that that that's my worry because in those very fine margins, if that happens, you know, it, you know, like we say, the game is Chelsea, unbeaten run is done, you know, and we, we've lost out on a, on a very important point there. So it's those moments that do worry me. And I don't think that Ramsdale is, you know, error prone enough to justify this uh, prolonged period on the bench. I personally don't think he will start on Saturday, which I hate to say because I, I think um, I think he deserves it. But I think the game he will start is the one against West Ham United in the Carabao Cup. But Ramsdale is too good to be a Carabao Cup keeper. Exactly, uh, he's, yeah. he, he's way too good. Like He would start for so many teams in the Premier League. So, so many teams. He is that good of a goalkeeper. Um, and OK, Ray's numbers, um, I think from a passing point of view, might be better. But Ramsdale's younger. He's still developing. Um, and I just don't think it's fair in a, in a you know brutal sense, I really don't think it's fair on him to just be usurped so quickly and just not to have a sniff really in the first in one game he's played since David Ray has come in. It's just not enough for a player of his quality. But um, look, I don't want to stay on the topic for too long because I know it's it's quite dominating at the minute. We do have a very exciting game coming up at the weekend against Sheffield United, bottom of the league, one point, worst goal difference in the league, most goals conceded in the league. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Um, I've said all that, but I mean, they made it difficult for Manchester City at Bramall Lane. Um, They then got pummeled 8-0 by Newcastle. I'm not too sure what to expect from Sheffield United. I do expect us to win this game. I think it'd be wrong to expect any other outcome, but how are you feeling going into this one, mate? You said exciting, James. Can I... uh, Is that in inverted commas? Exciting. I don't know about exciting, but let's hope we win. But how do I think? I think they'll have probably 12 men behind the ball. Uh, they play with that most of the game. Listen, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're gonna come for a point of damage limitation, aren't they? And it's up to us to find a way through them. You know, we mustn't. We again, when it comes to concentration, you've got a contract for the whole time. So when they have a breakaway, which they will do, every team gets a breakaway. We've got to be on it. If we do that and we play the ball fast and not this tip tappy at the back into midfield, go just go for them. Pretend it's the last five minutes. We, we should, listen, they've got one point. We should be all right. There should be no excuses. Even the referees shouldn't be able to mess us up this week. We should be okay to, to put this to bed and hopefully before half time. But uh, I saw them play against Spurs, you know, and they, they nearly nicked it. I mean, up to the 90th minute, they only had another 15 minutes to hold on. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, it would have been a tragedy of justice because Spurs had 99% of the play. And it'd be like that for us. And they did get a goal. Well, that's the problem. So you, you've got to be wary of that. But we should, we should be okay, shouldn't we? We should. They've got one of our old players playing. Trusty yeah. plays from doesn't. He? He's never obviously played for the first team, but um, but he's taken his chance there. Good luck to him. Apart from Saturday, obviously, and the rest of the team. I know the guys. Some of them we've played them in the in the league before recently, haven't we? I remember Fleck. He's played against us, and the Mc something or other was his name. McBurney. McBurney. The hat, yeah, McBurney, he's, he's all over the place, isn't he, McBurney? His arms and he's all... He doesn't score a lot of goals. Even in the lower division, he doesn't score that many, but he's all over the place. and He's a, he's a handful, but 
he shouldn't get the ball, should he? We should stop them him getting the ball, in all fairness, apart from the goal kicks or whatever. So, yeah, we should win this. We should, hopefully, by the second or well before the second half starts, we should be just relaxing. But it's never like that with Arsenal, though, when you think it should be. No, it certainly isn't. But going into this game, you know, bottom of the league at home, um, we've obviously got the Carabao Cup coming up afterwards and you'd expect us to rotate for that game. But then we've got, I've got one eye on that game at St. James's Park against Newcastle where, you you know, you want your big boys fit and firing. Um, I don't think you should necessarily rotate drastically for a Premier League game. But if there ever was a Premier League game at home that you feel you could maybe switch things out a little bit for, would you be looking to make a few changes going into this one? I definitely would. I tell you, I'd rest to be quite nice to him. Is Saka because he needs a rest. Let's face it, he hasn't been he hasn't been doing it recently. I know he's got a fantastic cross against Liverpool, but he wasn't having a great game, especially first half against Liverpool. And last night again, he wasn't at his best. He's he needs. We know he can do so much more, and that's no that's no fault of his own. It's the way it is. He's, he's, he looks tired. And he seems to have lost a little bit of confidence. And that last pass, a few times it's happened now, when he needs to play someone in, he doesn't seem to see them and he makes the wrong decision. But that's going to change. We know that. So I'd, I'd let give him a rest uh, with, you know, possibly, possibly bringing in Trossard. I'd bring in Smith Rowe for Mr. Odegaard. He needs a rest. I think that will be enough for me. And one other I might do, might do, is play um, Kiwar on the back somewhere. Give one of the defenders a rest. So that's what I would do against Sheffield United. Yeah, I really like Kivior. I thought it was excellent in the Carabao Cup game away at Brentford. And obviously opportunities yes, have yes. been very yes. limited for him this season. I'm sure he'll start against West Ham United. But, I mean, he's been excellent, I think, in the, in the times he has played. And he has been very good for Poland as well when he's gone on international duty. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. And I think this is definitely the sort of game he could come in for. And I think people are quick to forget, you know, how good he was at the end of last season mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, good shout. I'd definitely be interested in that one. Um, got a comment here saying that this would be the perfect game for Kai Havertz to get an open play goal. Um, I mean, Havertz has come off the bench in the past couple of games and I think been a really good option off the bench. But obviously, you know, you... You can't have a 60 million quid player um, coming off the bench every game. Do you think he's in line to start this one? And if so, where would he play for you? I would play him up front, centre-forward, because they're a big team, Chef United. And we'll have, we'll have not, in the, if the ball goes in the air, you might as well turn around and walk away because we're not going to get it. So you need someone like that to put a bit of pressure on their centre-halves. So I would play him, if need be, especially if Jesus is not 100%, I would put him in instead of Eddie. Because just as a footnote, Eddie last night wasn't his best game. Let's be even a cameo role wasn't his best cameo. In the time he came on, he made three fouls. Um, he, he got into a mess with Trossard. The pair of them didn't know who left the ball for each other. And also, he had a chance right at the end where the ball came down the left hand side. He got the ball, got control, and didn't know how or had to have the speed or the confidence or the strength to get past that one defender. I know it's on the touchline, so you haven't got a lot of room, but he never looked like he was going to do it. He looked like he pu- pushed the ball forward. He looked like it was a race, a 50-50, and he just, just couldn't do it. He had one of those games where, thank God he was only on for 15 minutes, put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, my Betty. Um, I 
completely echo what you're saying there. I was really disappointed when he came. I just thought he looks really lightweight, which is a shame because I think, you know, one of the attributes he's added to his game this season is actually holding up the ball, looking that little bit stronger. But I just thought he looked very out of place. And I don't think he was necessarily bad when he came on against Chelsea. I mean, that chance he had where he put it just wide of the post on his weak foot wasn't an easy opportunity. Um, but do you, not necessarily worry, but do you feel that he's maybe getting slightly phased out of the the first team slightly because he's not again one of these players that you can necessarily rely on in those big matches but you say that you know he started the game against City wasn't awful in that game I'm probably reading into it too much but I think you know you might share the opinion that I do that we do need a better alternative centre forward option Eddie and Ketia. 100% let's face it I believe he's reached the ceiling now we've seen the best of him he's only 24 but I think because of the type of player he is and what I've seen I think we've seen that the ceiling with him I don't think he's going to get any better now he'll have his good games he'll score his great goals and he'll be fantastic but over a period of time he's not going to be good enough for us and I think we wake up soon to that yeah that's the issue isn't it with Eddie I mean he he'll come in for two three four games and he might get a couple of goals and and look really good but then you know you play him for any longer than five games and it just feels like he's just not not up to scratch, which is a real shame because I, I do love Eddie. I think he's got a lot to give, but maybe just not at Arsenal. You feel like if he was at a mid-table club where he's going to you know, be playing on, on the turn a bit more, um, he could get himself a load of goals. But look, that's not to disrespect Eddie. Had some very good games yeah. for Arsenal. Yeah. Fingers crossed yeah. he, he's still able to yeah. do some very good things for us this season. Still a player I, I really admire and I've always got time for, for the HLN boys. But um, just before we wrap up, mate, been great having you on the show. But uh, what is your score prediction going into the game on Saturday? 3-0. 3-0. Lovely stuff. And just remind me of your full team lineup. What I want or what I think is going to play. Let's go with what you want. Let's make it fun. Right. I'll have it Ramsdale in goal. I'll have White at right back, Saliba. I'll have um, Kior at centre-half with him and Tommy. Midfield, I'd have Jorginho, Rice and um, Emil Smith-Rowe. Up front, I'd have um, Martinelli. I'd have Trossard and I'd have uh, Karl Havertz. If Jesus is not 100%. I might even have Carl Havertz coming on uh, playing anyway if Jesus is fit and playing um, Jesus on wide instead of Trossard, if that's the case. Lovely stuff. And I think, you know, that would be an exciting team. And to see Smith Rowe in there, I mean, I'd, oh. I, would, I would love that. Yeah. I mean, I know he's he's been very limited to opportunities, but Sheffield United at home, I mean, I'd love that. And I think he will start against West Ham. Um, but just to see him get some more minutes, I mean, uh, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Very, very nice. Um, but Mel, thank you for coming on this afternoon. I appreciate I've uh, been a little bit up in the air with regards to timing. So thank you for joining me <laughs> at, um, at short notice. Where can people find you, mate? Mostly on Twitter. On Melvin, as it says there, the only way is Arsenal Marks. I'm on Twitter. Too much, actually. I'm on Twitter, as, as you'll find out if you ever look at what I say. But no, I'm on that. Thank you very, very much. Really enjoyed coming on. Um, so... Uh, Leaves the evening free now, doesn't it, eh? Yeah, absolutely does. And that was yeah. at the forefront of my thinking. So um, I, I, I can go down to disco now, put my white suit on, I'm fine. Thank you very much.
Uh, you'll be like Saliba in the middle of the park, mate. That's what we all want to see. Um, but yeah, thank you, Melv, ever so much for coming on. Thank you Thanks for everyone in the chat room, everyone that's listening back on audio, everyone that's tuned in on YouTube. Appreciate this is certainly an out of the ordinary time. Um, but yeah, wishing you all well. Great result last night. Hopefully another big result to come on the weekends. Up the Arsenal. See you all later, guys. Come on. Podcast Network.